Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. Our Sunday live stream starts at 10 a.m. at cascadevineyard.org stream or on Facebook at Cascade Vineyard Church. Thanks for tuning in. Chuck mentioned a uh, prayer meeting on Tuesday morning. I don't know. I think he mentioned also prayer requests. You can mail those in to, to send them to my email. We have a prayer team here of folks that love to pray for, for needs in the congregation or whatever. So if you have a prayer request, just drop me a line and I'll send it out to the group. They, they love to pray so much that sometimes if I don't send them any prayer requests for a while, they'll, they'll write me and go, Hey, we haven't had any prayer requests in a while. What's up? So, so do that. So anyway, I bring you greetings this morning from Conroe, Texas. Uh, I missed you guys last week. Um, I always miss you when I'm gone. I, 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 I love, this is, the, this is the first trip I've taken since COVID. I normally travel fairly regularly. I have not been away from home in 18 months, I think. It felt weird, but, uh, and of all places, I went to Texas. Um, but uh, Conroe is a uh, kind of in the Houston metro area, and some dear friends of ours, Raymond and Teresa McDonald, who I married, I performed their wedding service, I think, 25 years ago, and then 20 years ago, they went and planted a church there uh, in, in near Raymond's hometown in Texas. So I spent the weekend with them. I spoke to their men on Saturday and their church on Sunday morning, and then we did a, uh, all their small groups went through my book this year, and so we we did a... Q&A interview thing Sunday night. I felt very much like a celebrity. I know. It was kind of, it was fun. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not that famous, but, uh, I do want to just, uh, just bring you guys greetings and say thanks. I, I, I do sincerely from my heart. I miss you when I'm gone. I heard though that, uh, Cherie did a great job. You guys enjoyed Cherie Brock. I uh, love those guys and I'm so, so thankful. Cherie, if you ever see this, thanks for, for stepping in. I want to give you a little update, uh, a mask update this morning, okay? Here's where we are. Navigating this thing is so, uh, it's all new, right? It's, it's all new. So obviously the number of folks that have been vaccinated is going up. CDC has, has loosened their guidelines. So here's where we are, and I, it's con- it's all connected to uh, the facility. So what you guys may or may not know is that this church is a busy place. So obviously, uh, next Sunday, Christ the King is going to finally resume live services. So while we're in here having service, they're down the hall having service, and then Saturday nights at five, there is a Spanish speaking congregation that meets here. And then there is a preschool that's here Monday through Friday every day. There are AA meetings in the building every day. And then every Friday in this room, Red Cross runs a blood drive. 
So that's, there's just a lot of people in and out all week. So in the sake of consistency, what the, what the, uh, the board at, at CTK has asked is that we continue to wear masks uh, a little longer until that vaccine number goes up over 70% really clearly and everybody feels safe. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you guys for Sunday morning to continue to wear masks three more weeks after today. I think that if I'm counting correctly, that'll take us up to June 13th, and then June 20th is Father's Day, and Father's Day will be our first mask-free day. Yeah, and then I would also encourage anybody, I, I look, this is one of those issues, I get it. There are different perspectives and different opinions. If you have uh, convictions of some sort or another that that you make you not want to be vaccinated. I certainly, and we as a, as a body totally respect that. My personal encouragement, this comes from me, not from uh, any official, not from our church or from the vineyard meals, but my encouragement to you is to go ahead and get vaccinated. Uh, our family has, I do that in the interest of the most vulnerable. I believe the heart of Jesus always leans towards the most vulnerable. So when I think of, I'm in common direct contact every week with Michael Jordan, who runs our food pantry, so faithful. Michael has a compromised immune system because of chemotherapy he went through during cancer recovery. I think of my grandkids who have compromised immune systems. I think of anyone else who might, you know, be uh, vulnerable in any way. So, so I'm, I'm willing to make a small sacrifice on their behalf. Uh, and I appreciate, I'll say this, I, you guys are awesome, right? you really are, throughout this whole thing. It's been a long haul, and you guys have been wonderful. I talk to pastors fairly regularly who have folks who refuse to wear masks at their church or whatever, and I just said, we have not experienced that. Everybody's been so, so good. So thank you for that. But three more weeks, so we see the, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And then we'll, hopefully by that time, enough folks will be vaccinated, um, to make us feel safe and secure in here. Uh, if you have any questions again or concerns, reach out to me. You can email me. If you know my phone number, call me. I'm not going to put it on the screen, but uh, Tucker will give it to you. He'll give it to anybody. He doesn't care. Um, all right. So we've been going through, if you haven't been with us, we've been in the book of Ephesians now for quite a while. We're taking our time. I, I personally, and I know that I've talked with uh, several of you, I don't know how many people, when I said we were going to teach Ephesians, at least a half a dozen folks told me, oh, that's my favorite book. You know, I love that. I love Ephesians. Uh, and we've been going slow because I think that there is a lot of depth, a lot of layers of meaning. It's rich. So we're just kind of working our way slowly through. We've, we've been in... Um, the, the sort of middle section of chapter four now uh, for about a month. <laughs> uh, we've talked, first of all, about gifts. Uh, a few weeks back, I, I, we talked about the gifts, that everyone has a gift and everyone is a gift. And again, you know, that, that's just true. That's just true. Um, we all, everybody brings something to the table here that's unique, and I love that. Everyone makes a contribution uh, that no one else can make. Sometimes when I hear our worship leaders sing or, or play, I wish, man, I wish I could sing like that. I wish I could play like that. I have zero musical ability. Uh, I try not to sing very loudly because it tends to throw people off key that are near me when I do. Um, 
I, but I, I love that there's this diversity. I, it just, it really is. Everyone is a gift. You guys are a gift to this church and to the church. And I'm so, so deeply thankful for you. Uh, we, we followed that up. The, the second pass at uh, this section, Ephesians 4, was equipping the saints. And the reality that ministry is not done uh, by an elite few. Uh, Paul makes it clear that the the leadership of the church, their role really is to equip others to do the works of service, the works of the ministry, and and that's always try. You know, we've we've always tried to maintain that here, and uh, for this to be a place where everyone hopefully can discover what their gift is and find a place to use it. And so uh, some of you do that here on Sundays. Sometimes uh, when we have kids ministry, you do it with the kids. Uh, Some of you do it on Thursdays with the food pantry. Uh, There are other ways. Some of you host people in your homes throughout the week. There's a lot of different ways that that, um, express those things. But that's really how the body of Christ is supposed to function, Uh, that er everybody does their part. Uh, and we, we try to do what Jesus did. You know, we try to care for those in our community, care for those that are in need, uh, care for others. Um, that's really what the church is. The church has a purpose. It's, it's a, you know, we're a people with a purpose. We don't come together. Uh, I, I, we, we do come together to, to fellowship and to worship and to see one another. That's a part of it. But there's purpose behind that, that, that we uh, want to accomplish. So uh, I want to continue and take one more look at Ephesians 4. Uh, I'm going to look at specifically verses 14 through 16 today. My title this morning is Speaking the Truth in Love. And so I want to, let's pray together and then uh, we'll read the text and then uh, just uh, un- unravel it a little bit. So Lord, thanks for your word and I just pray that it would touch our hearts this morning and that you would really um, just penetrate our hearts w- with uh, all that you have for us, and that each person here would take something uh, away with them today that would be a blessing and a benefit uh, that they would carry with them through their week. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so Ephesians 4.14 says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So one of the themes that Paul has been focused on in really chapter 2 through 4 uh, has been that the church is a body. And, and, you know, I talked about that already a little bit, that we're connected. The members of the body are intimately connected with one another. And, and as such, uh, you know, we rejoice with one another, we mourn with one another. Uh, and and I, I think all of us, I hope, have experienced those things on both sides of that at different times in your life, when you go through something difficult, you're mourning maybe or being challenged and others come around you and they walk through that with you. That's just such a precious thing. <clears throat> and then the other side of that is maybe you've had opportunity to be that one that comes alongside somebody 
you know, and, and, and you walk with them through it. Um, and then it, rejoicing is, is more fun than mourning. Uh, and I always think when I think of that of a wedding, you know, a wedding is a super special day for the bride and groom. That's, it's everything to them. But how often have you been to a wedding and you just feel that, that excitement and that happiness and that joy because you're happy with them. You're happy for them. And that's really what the body of Christ is all about is that, that ability to come together and really share in the depth of life. Um, a couple of weeks ago, some of us were uh, at a memorial service for Sandy Martz. Uh, Sandy and her husband, Doug, and uh, their son, Eric, and his family have been part of our church in different capacities since the very beginning. We, we started many, many years ago, and, and Eric was our first worship leader, and Doug and Sandy were with us, I think, on our first day. Sandy passed away, and, uh, you know, the service was awesome. When I left there that day, I, I told Don, I go, that's the best memorial service I've ever been to in my life. And uh, we laughed, we cried, we sang, we listened to great music, we told stories. It was just precious. And I really felt that sense of the body going through these things together. Here is a difficult time that this family is in, in tremendous loss. Uh, and we shared that with them. And then we kind of celebrated Sandy's life together. And it really was just such a, uh, to me, an illustration of what God has called us to be about in the kingdom of God. So I, I love that. Um, so, again, my point is simply this, that when Paul talks about us being a body, that's not just a metaphor. It's not just an illustration. There, there, it's, a, it's, it's a spiritual reality that we're connected on that level. And then in, in uh, you know, this passage today, Paul says, then, when, when that happens, when we have that kind of connection, then this happens. One of the benefits of being that connected is that there's a freedom to be honest and truthful with one another. Uh, and, and we all get that. You know that. You don't always share what's really going on in your heart with people because you don't know, can I trust this person? Is it okay to do that? But when you know that person, you're connected in that way, there's a security and a confidence and a freedom to be able to really share things on a, on a whole different level. Well, I, I want to take, uh, I'm, I'm going to put a little bit of a different spin on this text this morning. When I've heard this passage taught, and I'm pretty sure at some point I've taught it, um, when I talk about speaking the truth in love, the emphasis is placed on um, bringing loving and honest correction to someone. You have a friend, brother and sister in Christ, and they wander off track. And so in love, you know, not with any condemnation, not with judgment, but in love, you go and you say, hey, I'm worried about you. I see some things that, you know, maybe you should, you should consider. So, so I, and, and I want to say this, I believe that is a very valid, I'm not saying that's not the correct interpretation or valid uh, application of this text. I think it is. But again, I, I believe there's more than one application. And 
so what I want to share today, I, I, I'm hesitant to say this. I, I, I try not to say this because I, I feel like it's a loaded statement. But I felt this week as I was preparing that this was a word for us, for, for us as a church, to, to really take to heart and, and, and maybe uh, release freedom to share. But when Paul talks about speaking the truth in love, I, I believe what that also means is that there becomes a freedom to be able to say in truth and in love, hey, I hurt. I'm in pain. I'm having a hard time right now. Um, and, and I want to say in the body of Christ, we should never have to walk through those things alone. In the church, you should never have to walk through fear, loneliness, grief, shame, pain, uncertainty. You should never have to walk through any of that alone. There there should always be a place in the body of Christ where you can say, hey, uh, I, I need somebody to come alongside of me right now. And the church, the body steps up and carries that with you. I think that's how the church really grows. We grow as we become confident and secure enough with one another to share on that level. There's a maturity there um, that Paul talks about that doesn't come from just having good worship, just having great teaching. It doesn't even prayer. All those things are a part of what we do. But there's, there's layers beyond that where we say, hey, I'll walk through you with this. A good friend of mine, Chris Lazad, is a uh, musician. He's been a musician for years. On his first album, it's still one of my favorite songs to listen to, he talks about, as a young man, his best friend growing up passed away. And he was alone. And he t- this, the song talks about a person that just came alongside of him and didn't say anything, just said, let me walk with you. Let me just... Let me just be present with you in your grief. Um, and, and I would add, I just think the church should be the safest place on earth. And I, I know that's not always the case, but it should be the safest place on earth. This should be the place where there really is that freedom to be able to share without any fear of condemnation, any fear of judgment, to be able to say, hey, I'm having a hard time. Paul says when we do that, when, when we reach that, then... We won't be infants. We won't be tossed back and forth by everything that comes up, every new thing, every doctrine, every teaching. Um, you know, those things happen in the church. You hear this or that. And, and sometimes, let's be honest, there's a fear of everybody's got it all together and everybody's, you know, right in the church. And I, I can't say that I don't have it all together as a fear of that. But that's, that's not the church. That's plain church. Uh, the reality is we, we should be able to say, hey, I'm going through a tough time right now. Um, I, I mentioned last week, or a couple weeks ago, I guess, the historic significance of the phrase equipping the saints in the vineyard movement and how that's been a part of, of what we've been, uh, who we are from the beginning. This little section here also has some historic significance in the vineyard movement. Um, in the very earliest days of the Vineyard Church, uh, a small group of people came together, and they, they came together really 
to worship God out of a place of brokenness. And and they kind of had a little name that they used among themselves that they were the church of the walking wounded. Um, because there really was, they were really coming from a place of brokenness. I remember um, being in Nicaragua a few years ago with one of our churches there. There's a young man, uh, at, at, uh, he pa- he's a pastor at one of the vineyards, and he, I was sharing a little bit of vineyard history. At the end, he said, Pastor, you forgot to tell him how it started in power. I said, well, you know, Ishmael, really, it started in brokenness. The power came out of that. And he was a little confused for a minute, but we, we talked it through. And, um, you know, in those early days, uh, there were no let go and let God bumper stickers on cars. There was no I'm living my best life now bumper stickers on cars. There was this, uh, this sense of we come together uh, in honesty where we are, and we turn our hearts to Jesus and worship him because that's all we got. Um, and there was a confidence that that was okay. You could bring that and, and God would embrace you in that place and others there would embrace you as well. The, the Greek word truth uh, in this passage is aletheu. And the literal translation is reality. It, it, if you translate it literally, it would be speaking reality and love. Um, There's no pretension. There's no pretense. There's nothing that you put on airs about. It really is just honestly speaking where you are, who you are, what's going on in your life uh, in love, knowing that it will be uh, returned in love. Because, you know, let's be honest, okay? (laughs) Um, We're all broken. Okay, uh, we're all broken. We we all have pain. We all have sin. We all have fear. Um, and you know what? That's okay. That's just okay. Welcome. Well, <laughs> come on in. The water's fine. Welcome. Come as you are. You know that was uh, another catchphrase uh, early on in the video movement. Come as you are. Um, I was thinking about that this week, and I realized that as powerful as that is. It's, it doesn't mean stay as you are. You come as you are, come where you are today with the hope in your heart that in, in that place of fellowship, in that, in that place of belonging, healing will happen. Healing happens in the context of relationship. That's how it happens. Healing doesn't happen in isolation. It happens as we come through, uh, c- come together in a place wherever we are and work it out together, work out life together. And the beauty of that is that one week um, I'll help you. And a few weeks later, you'll help me. And, and we, and we go through together. Uh, so, so it, it, it really is in that dynamic of relationship that healing takes place. Uh, so as we're honest with one another, and again, I just want to speak that and release that and hopefully give you freedom to to be in that place today, we grow and we become more mature and solid as a people. That's that's the essence of this text. So uh, if uh, Steph, if you and Tuck want to come back up, I'm going to do a little ministry, but I, you can you guys can give me ministry music if you'd so desire. Um, 
Remember, first of all, you're a gift. And all of you is a gift. Not just the good parts. Everything about you, who you are, is a gift to this church. And sometimes that might mean that even the challenges and struggles you have are a gift. Uh, so, so take that into consideration. And this morning, I, I just want us to pray. Why don't you guys stand together with me? Um, I'm going to pray that God would just touch some of us this morning. And we haven't done too much of this in recent history, but it really is just a dynamic that I feel like uh, it's time to reintroduce. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Casket Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org slash give. We'll see you next week.